Welcome to the Outer Realms with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Passano. Airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 FM in New Orleans. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Wednesday night segment of The Outer Realm. We're broadcasting live on the United Public Radio Network, UFO Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 and 107.7 FM from the beautiful city of New Orleans. We're fully sponsored by the amazing people over at Folgers Coffee who have been a part of our journey since the very beginning. So thank you, Folgers. We appreciate you, and we couldn't do it without you, nor would we want to. Also, big thank you to Dr. Snick, a.k.a. Justin Snicker, the Sonic Surgeon, for this contribution of his time, his music, and his voice for the intro that you just heard. He's an award-winning composer of Halloween horror, sci-fi, and dark wave electronic music, which can be found on all of your favorite music platforms. Also, big thank you to Steve McGinnis, the artist behind all of our banners and logos here at the show. Check him out on Facebook and Instagram. Also specializes in the horror genre and can do phenomenal commission pieces as well of any type. So... Tonight, Amelia and I, Amelia's having a tech issue, by the way, so we're just waiting for her to, to get it together and try to get back on board here. So I'm going to be flying solo a little bit, but she's going to try to get back on, no problem. Um, but tonight we welcome back our very dear friend, Hamilton White from the Lost Relics of the Knights Templar TV show. He's going to be live and discussing his newest book, which he co-authored with his friend and also a friend of, to the show and friend to Amelia and I, um, Richard Stanley. And I don't know if you guys can see this, but oh, ba, 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 Crusade Against the Grail 2. And it's in the footsteps of Otto Ron. So Richard's been on talking about Otto Ron before and phenomenal, phenomenal story. So we're going to hear all about that. But Hamilton is also going to be doing a giveaway of said book right here, along with a bonus book, Monsignor. So you're going to have to listen to the whole show in order to answer the question that he puts forward. And at that point, we're going to put up the email for the show. And you're going to have to email me. And whoever emails first with the correct answer, um, yours truly here will mail it out to you, right? So it looks like Amelia's coming back on. And guys, remember, we're going to be in the chat room. There are seven chat rooms that uh, that are here out of the eight platforms. We go with the flow of the guest, and we try to keep up with everybody right here in chat. But it's like seven lanes coming down to one so please be patient with that being said bo here she is you all right yeah i just i've got a guest no <laughs> that's nice i have a sachi hello you can't no. but like, yeah i finally fix it and then i get this scratching and this climbing and i pick him up i'm like oh my god i'm through 
Oh no, <laughs> that's okay. We I'll like it when guests come on with their, you know, with their their pets and sure. And <laughs> so the chat room yeah, is filling up. So. Yes, hello, hello. Hi, Jamie. Um, Love you too, Jamie. Oh, all the way from now the I Netherlands. Hello, hello. Very nice for you to join us. Hello. Season Wayne is in the house. Janie's in the house. Yay. Oh, hello, Mickey. Hello. I can't see anything. I got to put this. You got to go. Jade, hello. Oh, right. Oh, Wayne. Oh, Wayne Murphy, Team Tempter, North America says hello. Michelle, Amelia, and Hamilton. Have a great show. Thank you very much. Nice to always see you stopping by when you can. Hello, Ruth. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hello, Susan. Well, looks like it's starting to fill up. So we're going to bring in our guest of honor, Hamilton. Just nod. Are you ready down there? Ready? Ready? Yeah. Send on. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <Bam>. <laughs> I'm only here. Oh, hey, you, you, you are. You've got the very old and very tired version of Hamilton, not the usual bag of energy Hamilton. He, he's he's having a rest room Wait, somewhere. The, the usual Hamilton has a bag of energy? <sighs> Yeah, what well, he used to be. Yeah, but twenty twenty three just seems like an energy sapping year, and it's like, oh, yeah. And it's two o'clock, and it's two o'clock in the morning here, and you know you're, oh, you're a champion. Sometimes your brain doesn't work properly, particularly when you're tired. I mean, I was just sitting here about ten minutes ago. So I was thinking, well, it's going a bit chilly. It's two o'clock in the morning. I'll go down to reception and get them to turn the heating up. But then it dawned on me, I'm actually in my own house. I haven't got oh. a reception. You know, it's like, oh, I have no oh, people. Yeah, I think it's, just, it's time for a rest. It really is. But uh, no, no, we're still here. We're, we're sort of to some degree functioning. But oh, God, what a year. Still got this lovely mug. That's rather nice, isn't it? Look at that. See, I, I got that. a copy. You got the actual real one. <laughs> I got the proper one. You yeah, brought okay. it with you? You brought it with you? Where are you? Are Where you home? I'm at home. I'm at home. Okay. I, I thought I you were still in Scotland. No, I was in Scotland. Um, uh, when was I in Scotland? Was that last, last week I was in Scotland and yesterday and the day before I was in Oxford, which was quite an interesting experience that somebody actually allowed me into a university, believe it or not. As in, I got invited in, like, <laughs> not breaking in or sneaking in over the fence. I actually got invited in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could be here for real? <laughs> yeah, that was exactly it. I kept looking over my shoulder, sort of thinking, How oh, did I get here? in a minute. But, you know, no, it was okay. I mean, I've been going to Oxford as a visitor since I was a little kid. And it was the first time that it was like, no, 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 you get invited down and you get in and you... Oh, it's fantastic. It's like going to another world. It really is. You know, it's when you get into these older colleges that were built in the sort of end of the 15th century. I mean, it's fantastic. I know it's a university, but it's like going around a stately home or something. It's just remarkable. It really is. It was very eye opening. And yeah, they, they gave me a room in one of the towers and great i can look out the window over all of it so that is all very confusing but very very interesting experience i have to say 
Look at you being all treated like you're a professor or something. Well, that that was it. I don't know. I, I, I learned you don't get called a professor. You get called a visiting fellow. Is apparently what you're called. <laughs> visiting fellow, fellow is what you're called. Fellow. Fellow. You're a fellow. Yeah. With a filter. No, it's something to do with that covers everybody, whether you're a visiting teacher or a scholar come to stay for a bit or somebody doing additional degrees. It simplifies things, so I'm told. Uh, That's nice. Yeah, it was rather good. So, no, it was nice. I got taken up into a nice little oak panelled room full of lovely paintings and all sorts of stuff and asked what kind of sherry I preferred and it's like wow. mm, whatever I get them. free of charge is what I prefer all of them. I was just going to say I don't know you to drink sherry you drink no, sherry no I don't but you know I, I you just don't know <coughs> what to expect really it's just yeah it's like being in a medieval world where everybody's wearing long gowns and uh, it, it's like a parallel universe, but absolutely fascinating that it still absolutely goes cool. on. Did you have really? to wear a gown? Uh, I didn't have a gown, no. Um, <laughs> I think you actually, to, to get a gown, you actually have to that have some sort of academic qualification, so I believe. Which oh, would, that's right. That's yeah. why you get such a hard time, because you, you have all the best stuff in the world, but you're not an academic. Got nothing. <laughs> no, it was it was great. And I mean, do you remember, oh God, I, I don't know when it was, when we were having a discussion about those interesting inexplicable stone things that had come out of the Atlantic that it's like, this is really good. We ought to do something right. with this. Right. They've agreed to do some proper investigations of those. They're going to do all the, um, I don't know, scanning and resolutions and identification of stones and do it as a full-on university project with all their scientific gear, which is great. Finally, we're getting somewhere. So, so promising then. Yeah, I mean, what is going to show up, we don't know, but their physics and engineering and mechanical department were really into it and never seen anything like it. And yeah, yeah, hand those over, give us a couple of weeks and yeah, come on down the laboratories and we'll show you what we're doing. And I don't know, it was like, oh, right, okay, yeah, that's let's let's go with it and see where that, um, see where that takes us really. But it was just nice that finally somebody has recognised the fact that some of this stuff really is worthy of some proper attention. So, yeah, well encouraged by that, really. So considering what the pieces are, what are you hoping they're going to find? Because you know where you got them, so, I mean, this is... You know. Yeah, I mean, I think what 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 they're made of is quite obvious. There's some sort of graphite or graphene-based material, which is completely alien for where they've been found, mm. both in the sense of there are no beds or mines of this type material anywhere near where they were found, and there wasn't actually any discovery of graphite until several thousand years later than the site appears to date from. So, I mean, I think what would be good to start with is if the geology people can actually confirm, well, yes, this is a version of graphite, then it's up to them. It's like, oh, right, yes, what you told us about where they've come from, well, that's really weird. We'd better go and start looking into this and see what everybody else thinks about it. 
Right. I can't see that they can identify it as any other sort of mineral, really, because it just it it doesn't make sense. It's graphite. That's it, really. Well, for the for the region to which they were discovered, um, yep. You know, there is a hypothesis that Atlantis was off the coast. A lot of people have thrown up ideas about Atlantis, where it well, is. There's a, there's a pyramid in the ocean there that they have found, and they're actually researching it. There's all sorts of ideas come up, and I mean, it's always one of the areas that has been proffered as an explanation. It was out in the Atlantic. Plus, I really don't know. It's not my area of understanding or knowledge. Mm. So I've just left it. I've handed the box over. There's the box. There's the paperwork. It's entirely up to you. Do what you want with it and draw your own conclusions. You have all of the equipment. So let's see what the science comes up with to start with. And when we've got the results of that, we'll decide what to do with it. Oh, very nice. Yeah, but it, I mean, it feels good that you can actually hand the stuff over to people who really want to do it, really understand what they're doing, mm -hmm. and they're as interested as, well, probably more interested than I am, because, you know, they're used to weird materials and things that's a bit out of the ordinary, and they'd never seen anything like it. So, you know, it was like, well, wow, let's get this down the lab, and crack on with it you know and they've got such wonderful i mean equipment i don't even know what it is they try to explain what mm. these scientific measurement equipments and scanners do and it's more advanced than most hospitals have got you know these universities have got such enormous funding to get the newest and the best of all of the kit mm. it's absolutely fantastic but what's fantastic is you're just like yeah. this eccentric bloke who's got this amazing stuff and you're being taken seriously. <laughs> well, I, I think that was... That's why we fit with Hamilton. I know. <laughs> That's, why we, That's why he's family. We're all eccentric, not blokes, we but weirdos. We're normal. <laughs> yeah. Well, well we I mean, I think normal. that was part of what got them interested is that... Well, somebody just almost walked in off the street with a metal case full of stuff, kind of chucked it at us and walked off. And that's it. This is just get on with it, you know. Whereas fancy. I think that they <laughs> used to a lot more. I don't know if professional's the right word, but probably a lot more attention to detail than I'm ever likely to give anything. <laughs> right. And I think because of that, and it's a you know, I didn't ask them what they were going to do with it. It was a case. There you are. Get on with it. Just do it. Tell yeah. me when you've done it. Here's well, a few little tidbits for you. <laughs> yeah. Save the big guns for later. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they know there's other stuff that is interesting and certainly worthy of the same degree of scientific study on it. And, you know, let's see what they come back with. Is I'm, I'm open-minded to all of it. And genuinely, I haven't got any clue about it at all other than when I was given it. That's the story I was told. Here's all the paperwork. Mm -hmm. I know nothing more. You know, I can't actually have any insight on it because I simply don't know. I love it. Challenge accepted. And Definitely. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. You know. Yes. And it's good for them if they actually come up with some results that are completely out of the normal. Mm -hmm. If they want to do a paper or whatever proper 
physicians do and whatever you produce for science journals, it's mm. great for them to come across something new because not that much new in the way of materials actually comes out anymore. Everything's right. been found and studied. You know, right. so that's that's true. You're probably yeah. the only one getting any new material to study. <laughs> Yeah, so. ironically enough. But speaking of, you know, new material, um, yes. where you left off the last time you were on the show was um, the Henry Lincoln collection. How has that been going with you? I mean, you were going through it or you were about to go through it at the time. And I know that you have been publishing books and so on. Yeah. Yeah. We've got all of these as well. So um, what, how has that been going? Uh, well, Henry's stuff I, has kind of been sorted through and the better and more important books have been separated out and actually put into sort of sealed up polythene things so they're not going to get damp and they're not going to deteriorate, which was kind of the most important thing to try and do with it. Yeah, just until something decides as to, well, where's it all going to go? Right. I haven't really had the time to devote to going through every single thing and looking at books and, you know, looking mm -hmm. at every book. But the, the sort of I've extracted one big suitcase full of stuff that I periodically look through that I've thrown in quite a lot of original papers and letters and all of the things that look like you want to sit and look at when you've got a quiet 10 minutes. Right. And yeah, there's there's some interesting things in there. There's some letters that go back right to when he was doing his first TV shows in the late 60s, early 70s. Uh, mm -hmm. What I'm going to do with it, I haven't worked out yet, but there is, um, right. there's, there's enough in there that merits a little bit of study to it. And right. probably it'll put a new light on some of the work that he did. And I have to say, when you look at some of the paperwork, you do sort of think, mm, Henry, were you just making this up as you went along? Ha -ha. Because the, it could be. Henry <laughs> was also an eccentric bloke. <laughs> yeah, some of the paperwork and some of the bits don't exactly match up with what you'd have expected them to be. But, right. Right. you know... I, Again, it's a completely open mind. Maybe that's a job for somebody else to take the big box of stuff and sit there and go through it and see if they can make some sense out of it. Right, right. But No, it's good. I mean, having now got over the pain of having to pay for it and drive to France in a van in the middle of winter to pick it up, <laughs> it, it doesn't seem quite such a burden to have. It's all stacked up nicely. It's not in the way. Right. And if it sits there until I've got time or until somebody else comes along who wants to do it, not a problem. Ah. Now, the, funny you should say that because there was one book. Hang on, bear with me. <laughs> my, my token effort at being organised, you know, because most of Henry's stuff had got his sort of book plates and his little stamps and things in it. Right. But. This one will actually be one of yours Christmas presents, and you can work out who's going to get it. All right. Because the, the, <laughs> share it's it. actually just a sort of work of fiction. And it's, let's have a, hang on, where is it? I'm just trying to look at the day. Here we are, 1839. Really nice little book. But the title of the story is Bubbles of Canada. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God, <laughs> which I thought that is hilarious. Public, isn't that come, the to truth? Come out of Henry's pot, so <laughs> oh that will have to come over in the mail at some point, I guess. But, wow, I've always wanted my own 
book stamp. I wonder wow. if they even make them anymore. Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, you can get you can get book plates. Don't no problem at all. Yeah. Really? I have to I have to search that online. I saw that and I thought for all of my antique books, I would love yeah, them. I maybe I shouldn't touch them though. No, I, I think everybody should have their own book plate. I mean, I've got a pile yeah. that I had done years ago, and I've never actually had the time to sit there and stick them in my books. <laughs> That's the problem I've got. You know, I bought a pile of books. Well, if you're hiring, I'm right here. Oh, so <laughs> I'll come over and just <laughs> come sit there with a pot of glue. I know. No, no, no. I mean, it was good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't look white enough in this lighting right now. Beer ready, Hamilton. <laughs> We're gonna I'm honestly it. not this pale. The lighting is so crap because I moved my office around. Sorry, but. Uh, no, I mean, the, the Henry stuff's very interesting, and it's good it's all stayed together more or less. I mean, there's a few other people had a few odd books out of it, but the sort of 95% of his library is now all sat there. And yeah, great if we can find a use for it at some point. Um, it's preserved, though, and yeah, it, it didn't exactly. get sort of lost or split up. So, exactly. you know, kudos to you for that. You do have a way of yeah. finding unique collections for sure, yeah. which, which brings us him. to... Sorry, Amelia? No, I said they're definitely finding Hamilton. I mean, there, yeah. there's so much that you've touched on. It's not just one thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, since I had the Henry stuff, I've had a few sort of slight weirdos getting in touch no. with. Yeah, there's a thing. That's a perfect segue because I was going to ask you if you want to collect two Canadian girls, but <laughs> <laughs> keeping in with the weirdo collection. Oh. I, I think you'd be sort of very long way down in the weirdo list compared to some. Well, we have our own unique lineages to come with, harder, so I'm yeah. selling us right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, I, I started to get a couple of weirdos that, oh, you know, telling me you've got Henry stuff, you shouldn't have that. Really? Why? why? Oh, well, you just shouldn't have it. Okay, right. Well, who should have it then? I don't know, but you shouldn't have it. Oh, all right. Okay. I don't have any other options, but how does, how does any how does anyone even say that? Do they know much about the collection? Do they know anything about it? Absolutely not clue. And no. It's just just people yeah. talking. It's just people yeah. who are you know people became very possessive of Henry. I think especially after Holy Blood, Holy Grail, yeah. after the Da Vinci Code. But I mean, do you think? And I'm I'm going to ask this. You don't have to answer because. Yeah you know, obvious reasons, um, but it's going to segue into your own um, research and book with, um, with Richard. Yep. Do you think that his research was, let's say, embellished, <laughs> you know, Da Vinci style yeah. embellished, or do you, do you think he was really onto something? Because he went into some crazy, almost like occult, occult ways, um, well, I mean, yeah, you have to bear in mind that when Henry started doing his research, it was at the end of the 60s and the beginning of the 70s, right. where there's no internet, there's no online reference, nothing. To research anything, you physically got to go to a library or you've got to go and find all of these documents, papers, or you're reliant on what people choose to show you. Mm -hmm. You know, if you were starting what he did today, 
how you would go about it and what you could access from the comfort of your own home would be so different to what he was able to access and the other researchers could get at. And I think based on the material that he was able to access, kind of, you know, it's nearly 50 years ago now that he was doing this. Mm. I think the story that he put together by and large, he probably believed it, and it was probably based on things either he was shown by others or information that was fed to him by others. Mm. Now, whether or not 90% of that information was accurate or whether 50% of it was accurate, it's very difficult to say because nobody knows exactly the documents and the things he, they were drawing the original information from. Right. And all all three of the authors, you know, Bygent and Lee, also died very young. And all of the other people who were around at the time, you know, you may as well say they're all dead because everybody now would have to be into their 90s or older that were actually part of the original crew that were doing the research. Would that include um, Elizabeth Van Buren? Because on Richard's um, recommendation, I did get Refuge of the Apocalypse Doorway into other dimensions being or in Le Chateau. Yeah, I think Elizabeth died about 10 years ago. I mean, she was certainly in the Henry era of being the, around the Renner Chateau. Oh, yeah. And she had very much got her own theories and were doing her own whatever Elizabeth was doing. Right. But I, I think she went back to either America or the UK and died. I don't think there's any vestiges of Elizabeth over there at all now. Right. You know, all of the people of that era, the sort of the Andrew Sinclairs, the Tim Wallace Murphys, yeah. everybody's dead you know there's nobody there right. and i mean you know you listen to some of the stories about henry yes he was an actor and yes he tried it on a little bit i think but i don't think he actually set out to deceive anybody deliberately mm-hmm. and you know he did put his hands up in later life sort of 30 years after the book was done and actually started telling people don't believe it look at my other works on the geometry ignore mm-hmm. ignore the holy blood so i mean maybe having done further investigations and further research since the book came out i think maybe he was trying to put a little distance between himself and it as a factual book interesting you know whether or not it is factual or not it's just a good fun read if you treat it as a bit of an adventure i've read it a bit of a mystery i have i've read it really doesn't matter right but but again you know you pick up on well some of the things he was saying, are they a bit fantastical? I was up in Scotland last week and I kind of got into a little bit of an archive without getting time to go through it properly. But mm-hmm. hopefully I can get back up there, which is a lot of paperwork that relates to the Sinclair family of Scotland, of which, mm-hmm. you know, Henry makes a lot of reference to. And there's a lot of fuss made out about the descendants of the Sinclairs and were they tied up in all of this. And there's boxes and boxes of papers that came from one of the old boys who died again about five, ten years ago. And it's his collection of Sinclair research papers. And there is stuff in there that certainly Henry wouldn't have had access to or known about. But there's bits of information within the clan archives that, well, actually, the same stories have been floating around in Scotland for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. 
is there anything into it? I, I really don't know, but it'd be fascinating to get back up and have a look and a dig around. And mm -hmm. I, I met one of the older Sinclairs who's into his 80s, um, very friendly, wants to talk, like people who wants to do proper research, quite happy to share the information. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's another little thing when there's time to go up and try and dig through it i mean it would, you need a week up there because there's just boxes and boxes of unsorted paperwork you mm -hmm. know there might be something very good up there i mean ross on itself is is just a blueprint of information i remember when sean williamson was on the show i mean what what everybody wants to know especially after the da vinci code you know i asked him straight out i'm like what's under you know ross and chapel and he smiled and said Templars, of course. <laughs> Woo. Mm. Yeah. Well, what, <laughs> so what come on, don't for me now. No, <laughs> 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 no. Well, the the structures of okay. No, it's okay. Go ahead. We're teasing you. We're with you. Yeah. I mean, the structure that is the fascinating building that is the church. Right. was built in the 15th century. So right. clearly that is built after the Templars. No right. argument about that. Right. The, the argument is, does the carving and symbolism depict something that harks back to the Templars? Because there's an awful lot of symbolism that you can say could be Masonic, it could be Templar, it could be something else. Mm -hmm. And the interesting fact is the fact that the church building has been built over the top of a much earlier structure. So it certainly hasn't been built over another church because the Sinclair Church of the earlier period is about 100 yards down the road in oh. what is now the graveyard. Right. So the crypts or whatever is under the present Sinclair Church built in the 15th century is something that nobody can actually turn around and say 100% what it is because they don't know. Right. What right. is known for sure is that there are some crypts under there and for several hundred years it was used as the burial ground or the burial chambers for quite a, a number of the generations of the Sinclair Knights. And that's recorded up to the 17th century when the last one was Point buried made. down there. Yeah. So there be it, Templars under there. Well <laughs> you know it it is recorded that there are many burials of male members of the Sinclair family and right, they weren't right, right. buried in coffins. Yes, they were yes. actually buried in their armor and they were put out on a stone slab. Now, does that mean you're going back to the time of the Templars or does it mean it's the same sort of age, the 15th century, as the church building? Right. Nobody knows because nobody's been down into those vaults since the 17th century. Right. The, the current Earl just simply won't allow any openings up or any excavations to be done within the church. That's interesting. So, you know, he, he's a very clever guy because if he leaves the whole thing as a mystery, people right. are still pouring into the place because it's it's a mystery and it's exciting. Right. If he opens the vaults yeah, up, you're right, and turn, yeah. you've got an answer and all of a sudden, oh, your great selling point is gone because you've answered all the questions. It's it's true. No, you're yeah. not wrong. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's yeah. brilliant. So... You know, but, 
they're, they're supposed to be getting something like 250, 300,000 people a year through the door at nine pounds a ticket. Now, I don't know what that what does that multiply out? Nine times. Oh, that's through... double. It's 18 bucks Canadian almost. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, but... That's, good, that's <laughs> yeah, good, yeah. good money for tourists swarming through there. For and, sure. You know, we, we had a bit of a Friday afternoon walkabout, and it was absolutely heaving. Bear in mind, tourist season's over. There were parties over from Spain. I could hear some what sounded like German voices in there. It was busy. And, I mean, it's a cold November day. I was it's there with busy. hardly anybody. There were three of us in there. I was so happy. Oh, that's nice. I spent yeah. so much time there just going, look at this. There's not a sound in here. Because my my son knew better than open his mouth while I was in there. So, <laughs> between us two and the tour guide, we yeah. were okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, what I found the more interesting part of it is, you know, the whole upper church is completely carved. I mean, every surface yes. is carved with something. Yes. When you go down the side of the apprentice pillar and you go down the stairs into what is the i think they call it the sacristy which i don't quite know what that means in religiousy terms but the guidebook tells you that well when they were building the church they were using that as the office and a bit of a workshop the carvings and masons marks and some of the things that are just on the bare walls down there to me, are far more interesting because there are lots of little pentacles and weird marks. Right. That the marks that are downstairs now, those are the marks that appear on some of the Templar tombs and Templar carvings elsewhere in Europe. Mm -hmm. And they perhaps that is part of the older structure as well. And again, nobody really knows the answer to it. Right. So, right. to me, that. Though. Yeah, that was where I was far more interested in looking because it's, well, hang on, when you start looking at these things that they say, oh, these are just Mason's marks, which, you know, in churches you have Mason's marks all sure. over the world. But sure. you've got, they're not, a normal Mason's mark tends to be an initial or a little cross an initial or something that identifies mm -hmm. the person who carved it. Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of the things down there they're not, they're little pentacles, but there's dozens of them. You know, why is that design repeated over and over again? Mm -hmm. Little triangles that if you run a straight line across them, you know, over 20 feet difference in length of wall, you've got lots of little triangles that line up for no apparent reason. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, it's, it's, I just find that piece, that little part of the church, mm -hmm. far more interesting because it's everybody ignores it. Oh, it's just the workshop downstairs, no carvings downstairs. Right. Quite, you know, quite obviously they've been put there for a reason. They've been put there deliberately and they mean something. Mm -hmm. And nobody seems to have put the, the amount of effort into trying to fathom out what they are compared to the, the carvings that are upstairs in the main body of the church. Mm -hmm. So right. no, it, was, it was very good. You know, I, again, it's enjoyable. Right. Mm. No, I, I love it. And it's a, it's a good segue into um, let's talk uh, Crusade Against the Grail. Oh, Footsteps of Autorail. Well, I mean, that, that started off because uh -oh. uh, over, the, over the last 
God, I think it's 20-odd years, Richard Stanley has been writing the biography of Otto Rahn. Which For a is long time. Mm -hmm. The full-on, this is the ultimate study of what Otto did. Right. And I mean, it had gone on and on, and I was just trying to help him a bit, just trying to find somebody who could actually turn it from all his documents and files into a proper printable book. And we did actually get it to the point where we can print it as a book about a year ago. Right. But like an awful lot of things trying to deal with Richard, who Richard is creative, but he's not practical. If that makes any sense. It'll probably tell you the same thing. <laughs> I was going to say, does he know that? Yeah. My apologies for being on yeah, mute, moving yeah. office. <laughs> no, you have a blind dog. He's, yeah. he's creative. He's always wanting to do something. But actually getting projects finished isn't Richard's forte. Right. So, I mean, although the actual final printable version of the book was on a you know the printers work just off a little what do you call them um, little stick things you put in your computer now right. the next phase was actually trying to say to him well right the thing's finished shall we get it printed and i mean you know what richard's like a simple process of yes or no kind of took a year you can edit like 1500 oh. times because <laughs> you're you always going to so, find something right i i got somebody that could do it for him who's the guy who does all my printing then i got an explanation that no somebody he knows in finland was going to do it for him oh that's mm. good yeah okay you know i i just left it because you know what it's like trying trying to trying to reason with people sometimes yeah, yeah. and from i don't really quite know what happened but i gather that some books were printed but somehow they managed to print them from the low resolution files not the high resolution files so what they printed was some of the photographs came out as blurry messes mm. i mean i haven't seen one of those but that's what i was told so at the point of exasperation about two months ago he finally agreed that yes why don't you get some printed which was more or less what i'd <laughs> said to him a year ago so right. we do actually have now at long last wow, the run of richard stanley's full biography of otto ron love it very tiny. How big is yeah, the book? Think, how big is it? How big is it? Show it. Show it's the pages. A, the thickness. Okay, look, look, look. Um, no, I want to see how thick it is because this is thirty years. <laughs> oh, it's, it's about four hundred pages. Altogether. That's a big book. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's four hundred pages. Lots of two... pictures. That's a book I yeah. can read. Yeah. <laughs> very nice. I, th I think there's about two hundred and fifty pictures, something like that. I mean, it, wow. it is like a little mini encyclopedia. Excellent. Which yeah, very pretty. I got I got fifty done for him, which um I think he, I, I don't know. I mean basically I just said, look, we'll we will sell enough to pay for the printing and whatever is left over, well, those are your books. And I think there's a box downstairs with about twenty or twenty-five books left over that those are Richard's books. And again, it's like, right, okay, what do I do with them? Do I send them to you in France? Or are we going to leave them here? Are you coming over? Uh, you know, what do you right. want to do with them? They are your books. They're in a box ready for you. And I don't know. I said I sent him a message that said, well, look, to DHL some over to you is going to be about 40 quid. 
and I just got a little thing back by text that, oh, great, but didn't actually specify whether I should send them or oh. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Need so, some oh, extra okay. direction, so. No right. problem. So, right. I mean, you know, I have to say that the, the entire knowledge and the research for everything has all come from Richard. You know, and he, he's been on it. It's been his... his it's been his main driver for a long time. So all of the credit for the knowledge and the research and everything is Richard's. It certainly isn't mine. But moving on to the Crusade 2, we had a conversation about, oh, a year and a bit ago when I was over in Renlabam. And we were just wandering back. And I just said, oh, do you think anybody's ever going to do a follow-up to Crusade? I said, oh, I don't, never thought of that. And within about sort of five minutes, it was like, oh, I wonder maybe we should do it. Hmm, okay. And it really was as simple as that. There was no great discussion on it. It was just like, yeah, 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 somebody ought to do that because 2023 is 90 years since he wrote his first, since Otto wrote the first book. So oh, it's a crap. good, like, well, that would work if we could get it done and get it out. Well, 2023, 90th anniversary, that works. That's really good. So, again, the same sort of thing. I picked Richard's brains and made copious notes, and the sort of vague idea was that we would write it between us. But like a lot of things with Richard, trying to actually get him to sit there with a paper and pencil, it was like, well, I'll tell you what, why don't you tell me the information? I will write it down. That way it will actually get written down. Right. And we we just slightly changed the, the, the direction of it. That, you know, if you read Crusade 1, it's a, it's a very confusing book to read if you haven't got a background of medieval history and what was going on in France. It's a very hard book to understand. Mm -hmm. So it's more ac academic for well, advanced people who are in the it's, know. It's academic in the sense it was Otto Rahn's own theories on what medieval French history was. Mm -hmm. And he was obviously a proper scholar who'd studied it. And it's his own academic version of what was already academia. So if you're not familiar with the topic, some of it's a bit hard going to try and wade through. Right. So Crusade 2 is partly explaining Otto's book in more simple language that's much easier to follow and easier to understand and just sort of runs through what he was trying to get across but in simplistic language that anybody can understand without actually having any background knowledge of the subject at all. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of it, it's almost following him around from when he actually arrived in France. It's following his route coming down from Paris down to Toulouse and all the little villages where he stayed and the sort of trips he was making out and where he was going to go and do his research. But with a little bit about all of the places that don't actually get covered in most of the tourist guide, because everybody does Montségur, everybody does all of the castles. Right. But it's very hard to find bits of information out about some of the really interesting little villages and some of the more obscure sites that he obviously went to that still exist. 
So it's like a little mini tourist guide with a page on lots of places that nobody's heard of, but you do actually drive past them if you're going on the way to the major places. And mm. plenty of photographs. I trawled through the archives and found lots of photographs of the places as they were in the pre-war days. Well, you know, more or less the state of the castles when Otto was visiting them. And we did a then and now kind of going back and photographing them now and putting the photo side by side. Mm -hmm. And it, it really actually came out quite well. I was very pleased with that. You know, right. I, right. I sorted out getting it printed. And, yeah, you know, you've got a copy of the book. It's glossy. Same thing. It's got lots of pictures in. You mm -hmm. don't have to be a genius or a scholar to sit and read. No, it, it was very it, easy to read. Yeah, that was the whole point of it. And yes, it, yes. I've done no advertising for it yet, but it's been dribbling out. I mean, quite a lot of copies have gone out and I've had a few shops take a box full of them. Mm -hmm. So next year, the whole, you know, it's just been too difficult this year for me to do anything in the way of promoting it. Right. But hopefully next year... If there's a bit of time, it's like, okay, let's make a serious effort to actually get it out there and see if we can get it in a few shops and some of the touristy shops in France. And, right. you know, it's no, I mean, it, it, it's great because there's, you know, there's a lot of, of, lot of pictures in exactly. here. It's really well yeah. written, it's really well documented. But for those who don't know who Otto Ron was briefly, because this is, it just falls into, you know, getting how the Nazis were just so intrigued with, you know, relics and, and ancient knowledge. I mean, we know Hitler was at Rennes Chateau at some point, Himmler as well. Um, you know, why is this something that Otto decided to do on his own, or is this something that the party said, go well, out and get us his knowledge? That this is part of the confusion about him, that, you know, he's branded, oh, terrible, terrible, he was a Nazi, he did this, he did that, you can right. be reading his work. Right. But actually, he had done all his studies and written his book several years before he was forced into the Nazi party. You know, the, the studies he was doing and all of his journeys around France, he was doing that in sort of 19... 29 wow. Wow. all funded by himself mm -hmm. entirely on his own with no support nothing other than the friends he made when he was in france and the contacts he made and really he'd finished the book and had it published and i think the the german one came out in 1933 i think it was 30 i think it was 33 mm -hmm. although it was written a little bit earlier and that was it. That was Otto as a private individual who'd always been interested in mythology. It's what he studied at university. It's what he did his thesis or the, the, the German equivalent of a thesis on. And it was just his fascination with medieval history and whatever he thought the hunt for the Holy Grail was. Mm. And it, it was after the book was written and out in print that's when it came to the attention of the Nazi party. And, you know, he had no choice. It was a case of if you want to carry on and be funded, you have to join the Nazi party. It's as simple as that. And he answered directly to Heinrich Himmler's office. Mm. And the sort of the confusion comes out with a lot of people that he was working for the Nazis. He wrote a Nazi propaganda book. 
no, no, no. Actually, if you study the subject properly, he wrote his book without any interference from the Nazi party. It was entirely his own work. Mm -hmm. The whole Nazi connection comes later. And yeah, certain members of the Nazi party were absolutely fascinated by the occult and some of the oh, sure. grail legends. But that comes in sort of around the 1935 up to 1939 when he killed himself. But mm. the actual pure interest in history that he was doing was many years before he was involved with the Nazi party. So, wow. you wow. know, it, do you think that helped spike some of, especially Himmler's interest? Because, I mean, he did have, um, which, well, you have now, you know, the, the, the Knights Templar helmet, um, and you've got a sword, um, you know, a lot of artifacts are floating around over there. Well, again, Himmler was, as a relatively young chap, he was very interested in German history, Viking history. Hmm. And again, he was reading that type of book and that sort of historical subject matter before he became involved with the Nazi party. Right. It was just a topic that fascinated him. And then as, you know, he rose in power very, very quickly within the Nazi party, all of a sudden when he got access to funding and being able to access whatever books he could take from anybody, all of a sudden a little passing interest suddenly grew into, right, this is the driver for having a whole department based on studies of the occult, we want the Holy Grail, whatever it is, money's no object, we can send people out, mm -hmm. which is where the connection with Otto comes in, right. because I think it was somebody's secretary or a driver um, gave Himmler a copy of Crusade Against the Grail, and he read it, and it was like, okay, this is the guy that needs to come and work for me, and the summons to Iran came directly from Himmler in 1934, 1935, I think it was. Right. That, right. That's the brief thing, but what you need to do is buy this book from Richard Stanley, and you can read all 400 pages of it, and he will tell you far more about it than I know. Put it that right. Way. And then they can well, continue off to this one. <laughs> they can, yeah, yeah. Because that that way, yeah, brilliant, <laughs> excellent book, excellent book. And, you know, it, that it made just, sure it was here. <laughs> when you when you look now, how many people really want to read a full on biography compared to how many people have got a passing interest? That oh, that's an interesting story, and oh, crikey, I've been to some of those places. You know. The pure historian is going to buy Richard's book because it is very, very good. And the research mm -hmm. on it is fantastic. If you want to know who was in primary school with Otto Rahn and see a photograph of them, this <laughs> wow. is the book. This is the it. depth Richard has gone into. Wow. wow. Uh, whereas what, what I threw together was more of a general that anybody can sit and read it who's interested in having a tour of some interesting places in France and great right. to pick up a little bit of history while you're at it but well look at all these fabulous places you can still go and visit they haven't really changed that much from where they were 90 years ago that's what i love about it it's yeah. 90 years ago i think it's, it's a lot of it's like time just stands still it's yeah. actually still yeah. there ancient walk amongst you know the these ancient pathways are just phenomenal 
totally. I mean, you know, the Cathar pathway, which is the most famous, well, not most mm -hmm. famous, the, the best known, which sort mm -hmm. of takes you all around Montsegur and it will take you up into the hills mm -hmm. and bring you back heading down into the valleys. You know, me and Richard have walked it. And it's it is exactly the same as they were walking a thousand years ago. The pathway hasn't changed at all. It takes you to the same places. You walk on the same bit of dirt through the forests. Yeah, right. it's fantastic. It really is good. So that brings us then. Why don't you talk to us about this book a little bit? What's that one? Monsignor. Says Monsignor. We were just talking about it. Ah, well, I, wonderful book! Oh, wonderful. I kept well, them here. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Brought them out because yeah. I, I had a feeling like Michelle and I. Sometimes we share a brain. Well, this is going to be the giveaway tonight. Bam, guys! So wow. listen up. Listen up. Yeah. So mm. go ahead. Let's talk Monsignor. Well, the the little booklet that was a, a started off as a byproduct because you know through the photo archive that Richard has got and the things that I turned up, there was a lot more information and <laughs> pictures than you yeah. can really actually what does right? that say? Do they I love your autograph. Your oh, I remember that, right? yeah, These gosh, are our right. autographs, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My favorite. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Oh, favorite one? That's a little me. I remember that one. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it. Are Those me? are not the ones you guys are getting. <laughs> Nobody, can, no one can read it because it, it's just it's too yes. tiny on their. It's screen. scribbly, isn't it? Yeah, I know. No, no, no. I would it. never let anyone read that. I'm just okay. saying they can't read it, so right. it's okay. okay. So you put it well, together. The, the little booklet. Well, it was two reasons. Well, three reasons that there was lots of pictures and bits of information left over, and if you wander into a any of the shops really down in France. Yeah. Yes. Michelle's looking for a Christmas gift. Are we looking for what we got there? Ah, I, that. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. Same. I don't yeah. know what the insurance is like on a piece like that. <laughs> you know. Oh, don't ask. A little technicality. Sorry, Hamilton. Go ahead. No, no, no problem. Where were we? You've lost me again. My brain my brain's not working. Where were Monsignor, we? you put this little booklet together. Oh, booklet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if you go into any of the sort of gift shops or the even the, the bookshops, it's very hard to get what you'd find, what you'd class as a sort of interesting little concise guide to a lot of these places. Right. And just with the bits of information that was got, it was just an experiment. That's Having done book. the little Henry Lincoln booklet for the Saunier Society, right. is that, well, what would it actually look like to try and turn out a sort of modern-y type, not too boring and not too heavyweight little guidebook to some of these sacred places? Mm -hmm. It's a fabulous book. And it's, you know, it started yeah. out that I think there are about eight, 9,000 words and probably 60 or 70 photographs. Mm -hmm. And that sort of when one was put together, well, okay, the printer just said, well, that works out about sort of 50, 54 pages, something like that. Yeah. And it was just really a case of, well, uh, I tell you what, go and print some and let's actually see what they look like. And again, they seem to have come out quite well. And that then it was like, well, okay, we've done a Monsignor one. There's enough bits of information and other fresh pictures. We could do a little version of that, which is the Otto Rahn 
following the trail of Otto Rahn around, mm-hmm. which puts you that, well, okay, if you want to do his whole route from Germany down to France in picture form as a little guidebook, instead of having a 200-page book, you can have a 50-page book, right. and it costs an awful lot less to do, to print. You know, it's just, um, it was an idea that came out, and it, I thoroughly enjoyed doing them because you can actually get knowledge out there. Right. And you're in charge of it. You can sit there. You can do the whole lot yourself. You haven't got some editor cutting and cropping and deciding to put something else in instead and not tell you. <laughs> you, you can actually put out mm. exactly what you want to do in your own way. Mm. And I've just beavered away through them. There's... um. What was the other one? I think there's a there's one on Ren LeBan. Ren LeBan, there is, yeah. Which is, hang on, I didn't know. No, I'd forgotten who'd got what. Have you got, have you got the Otto Ron one? Uh, I don't know have if you've sent one? me Otto Ron yet. I think, I don't, I think you might, I might have that. One. I have to look through everything. I don't know. Okay. You were going to send more, so I'll let you know yeah. it's here. I mean, there's a, there's a little one which is like the Monsigur, but it's Ren LeBan, Ren LeBan. which is all about you know, just purely the village of Renlaban going mm-hmm. from the Stone Age finds through to the Roman so setting they're nice, up. The... They're nice handbooks for the area exactly. places to go. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, right. the a, a friend of mine who supplies books to the the little bookshop in Renle Chateau, which is the main bookshop for the whole area, mm-hmm. they've taken quite a pile of them and they seem to be going out. I mean, they're moaning because they're written in English and they want French ones. Well, right. okay, not a problem. We can translate them into French. Would you like to pay? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, okay. All right, then. All right, then. Not in how French. Would you, how would you expect right. them to be converted into French, then, if somebody pays to do it? But, right. you know, again, teething right. problems. But the, the whole concept that if you could get a Renlaban, a Montségur, uh, possibly a Renle Chateau one, you could put together a whole little series for anybody going down into the Pyrenees or doing the tour of the Cathar sites or the sacred sites. Right. Which means you've got to do Mugarash next. Yeah. Yeah, but again, there's a whole list of ones you could actually do because you couldn't get a full book out of all of these places, but with a a good enough selection of photographs. They're all interesting enough places that you could get a little touristy guidebook that mm. that's priced sensibly. Right. So that's been another thing that I've just beavered away on the quiet, putting these things together. And mm. um, you know, come next year if there's time again, maybe it's when there's a whole package of them. Actually, go to a publisher and just sort of say, "Well, is it worth handing these over to a proper publisher instead of trying to do absolutely everything myself?" I don't know. I'm not sure about mm. that yet. But, well, I think it comes down to you know creative control. Unlike you know, I think the big the big question here, and and you can talk about the comparisons for yourself. Um, from being an author to being in front of a camera, what are your thoughts on film? Because, you well, know, everybody's kind of wondering. If if you're doing your own little authoring, if you're doing it yourself, writing it, setting it out, and you take it to the printers and you're publishing it yourself, mm-hmm. you've got absolutely total control of what you put and the right. style of what you put out. Do you right. want it to be lightweight 
do you want it to be a touristy guide or do you want to go in the direction where it becomes like a proper book? Mm. My thoughts are, I think if you're doing it commercially, it wants to be fun and easy reading that the person on holiday can pick up for not very much money Agreed. and they don't actually Well, you don't want, want to lug a big book around while you're traveling no, exactly. either. Yeah. I mean, right. that's why the physical size of them. When you look at books that are A4 size, yes, the photographs are clearer, but an A4 size book is an awkward thing to put in your pocket or your handbag, and it doesn't fit on an average bookshelf, whereas doing things the size I've done them, which is taking them down quite a few inches, mm. you can put them in your pocket or your handbag. And I think if you're trying to do something commercially, it's got to have a nice, glossy, attractive picture on the front cover. Because mm -hmm. if somebody walks in the shop and sees it on a shelf, what's going to get them to pick it up is a nice, glossy cover. Mm -hmm. right. And I think a lot of people buying books, if you're a touristy thing, you pick it up, flick through it. Oh, that's got lots of photos of where I'm going. You've already made the decision that you're going to buy it without actually reading through it. Right. Whereas you pick up a book that's 75 or 90 percent text. Oh, that's too much like hard work. I'm on holiday. I don't want to sit and read that. I just want a bit of fun. Mm -hmm. So my direction with it was simply making something that is nice and lightweight. And because I'm doing the whole process, I can do that. Right. You know, if you walked into a proper publisher, are they just going to turn around and say, no, 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 no. This has got to be more like a proper guidebook, less pictures, more information. Mm -hmm. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. I don't know. But at the moment, this way's working. I like what I'm making. It's really good fun. It's not much work. Mm -hmm. Everybody who's had a copy seems to like it and seems to understand that we're not preaching you a history lesson. It's just a bit of fun. Right. Uh, the difference between that and TV is you have no control of anything. You get told one thing, something totally different happens. <laughs> and whether you like it or not, nobody gives a monkeys. It's tough luck, mate. Go away. So as it's safe to say, you've lost interest. <laughs> so put it that it's, way. <laughs> you know, no, it's a case of if you could do something that was actually representative of either history or of whatever objects that you're trying to be involved with or a more accurate representation of how I function or how me and Carl or how whoever's there function, mm. that would be very good. But unfortunately, that isn't the way TV works. They want something sensationalised because that's what actually people want to watch. Right. And really because of that, that's why I was just very, very disappointed in the whole TV thing because what was pitched at me simply wasn't what actually happened. Right. And I don't want to be reduced to the level of some of the television programs that are broadcast across the various networks that yeah. are just shameful, absolutely shameful. They really are, you know. Right. Right. I'd rather just sit and wait and either something might happen at some point in the future that's sensible. Like maybe a if, documentary based on, on some of the pieces that you have or the collections. I don't know. I mean, if somebody wanted to do a proper documentary, great. You don't need me in it. Get on with it. If there's, <laughs> if there's somebody prepared to do a proper program on any of the things I've got, I mean, you know, there's an awful lot of military stuff that could have a proper documentary mm. about it. Mm -hmm. If it was done correctly, I don't need to be in it. I've done well, something in front of the camera. 
it was good fun. And people love you, Hamilton. Yeah, and it would be nice to have somebody narrating and speaking and being in front of the places while they're doing a proper documentary. Yeah, who's going to tell where it all came from? They do want to see the, you know, the man behind the curator. You're curating all these things. You should be speaking of them. If I was watching a program like that, I would be interested in whoever the person was. The problem is, it's like what we just said, you have no control over how you're edited and how you're projected on screen. I get that. And (laughs) as I found out to my cost, the damage that. that... you know, the damage that has been done to me through the grossly unfair misrepresentation of me, the stories and what I do, it's just simply not something I would be prepared to do unless there was a guarantee that this is going to be a proper factual based history well, program. Okay, so if you had the right person approach you and say, we want to make this documentary, that would be a possibility then. If so, yeah. I mean, anything is open to discussion. If it's proper people wanting to do it in the proper way, mm-hmm. I would be game for doing the same thing again. You know, I think Carl would probably do something on TV. He likes the whole TV thing. But what nobody grasps, and I tried to make this point when Series 2 was being filmed, and I knew it was going wrong, is when it goes wrong, everybody else walks away. The TV company, the filming people, everybody carries on as normal. I'm the one that gets it in the neck because the gross representation of me and my objects and the whole storyline, I'm the one that this is my business, this is what I do. So I have to suffer the complaints and, oh, you shouldn't be doing this, that was rubbish. Why Anybody in that? front of the camera falls into Correct. that. You become yeah. stereotyped. You know, you're Correct. the one that it yeah. stays with. Yeah, but if you had the right person behind it that had your passion and direction and drive to tell the real story and to get out proper information, not maybe not television, because I I see Wayne's comment, TV producers don't want to hear what Hamilton has to say. I'm not interested at all. They want they want him to say what they want him to say, and that's not accurate. I get it. That's why he needs an independent, an indie documentary filmmaker is the route to go on a streaming service, not on television. Yeah, I mean, there is actually a very, very good channel. Now, I I don't know quite where they broadcast. There's um an English guy called Dan Snow, who used to be a mainstream TV presenter. You know, he's done some things for the BBC, I believe. And he came up with the idea of doing a proper online, purely history streaming service. And I think it's called History Hit, I think is the name of the company. And they do some very, very good things. And what they seem to be doing is pulling in a lot of independent filmmakers mm-hmm. who can't get themselves broadcast because they're too niche or they won't be controlled. And they actually make great history documentaries, some That's of them. That's probably the way to go. Streaming is but, the way to go. I think a lot of mainstream stuff is slowly phasing yeah. out. 
Yeah, I mean, I know nothing about that area of business. You know, somebody's been trying to set me up with a YouTube and um, something else. Mm. So Patreon, is that the word? Channel, oh, yeah, something Patreon's like that. a big one. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I've just done nothing at all about it, either through lack of time, lack of motivation, or just there's been mm. so many other things and problems this year for me to try and deal with. The mm. idea of trying to set up and do something and go back into public, I just don't know if I need it. I think maybe it would be more interesting for me to sit and actually tell the story and then let somebody else to go and film it if they wanted to do it. I don't really know. I mean, it's just a case at the moment that it's not within my... <coughs> not within the radar of things i desperately want to push mm. thoroughly enjoyable great experience to actually be involved in it and oh god you've been on tv well lots of people don't do that mm -hmm. but for me i just really don't feel it did me any good at all and it certainly didn't do the objects any good at all it actually set me back if anything else the, the wow. reaction that it's been to it you know so i've been on a process this entire year of firefighting problems and an awful lot of them is the appalling misrepresentation of me by history channel you know and it various bits of information that have been fed to me subsequently mm. you know all of these channels i didn't know this before we start filming they've already made a decision before they even turn a camera on how is each person going to be profiled and how are they going to be edited? How are we going to project them on screen? And that decision is made, regardless how good you might be on camera or what your knowledge is, the mm -hmm. decision of how you're going to fit in with their program is made by the bosses before you start filming. It and, absolutely you know, is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I heard that from a dear friend who had a big show and he said... After all my work, all my research, I had to go through this and watching it back. I wish I never did it. Right. Because you know, it's not I, it's not what he not envisioned yeah. of the story. Yeah. And I mean, <clears throat> the History Channel modus of making programs, they have an expert. That's their number one person. Then anybody else in the show, they've decided how much of, they, of them is going to be on screen, which bits are going to be edited, how their personality is going to be projected on screen. Mm. You know, it's Carl entertainment came, in the end, right? Yeah, it's not, yeah. 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 Carl <laughs> came across really good on screen because what mm. they decided with him is bring out the, you know, he's far more talking emotionally about things than i do and they got some fantastic things with him and we knew it at the time when it was being filmed god that's going to come out great mm. and he did carl's persona on screen was really really good mm -hmm. and i mean i like some of the bits they captured but with me totally unbeknownst to me the order had already been put out hamilton white is not allowed to stand on screen talking about history so Every single thing that I did that mm. was either good fun or me standing there demonstrating, I actually know something about this. One hundred percent of it was edited out. Not because they wanted to thing. go to their expert. I think correct. You, you know, know more than the expert, and that's really hard because yeah. you're not supposed to. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I first series, you know, knew nothing about this. We know nothing about TV. We're just having a go. 
second theory is I rumbled something majorly was wrong very quickly that the filming started, that these storylines simply are nonsense, some of these. Mm. And, you know, then you then realise how television actually works and tough Mm. luck, not interested in what you know, not interested at all, we're going to do it this way and pretty much everything you're going to contribute is going to be edited out anyway, so... You know, to the point where I don't even know why I was actually even on the shoot some of the time. He's just standing there like a turnip. You really Mm. are dreadful. Mm. That's But see, that's television, which is entertainment. A docu-series is a whole other program. It's it's something where people who are watching it are interested in facts and it can't be on the you know the edge of entertainment and laughing. It's got to be serious. It has to be mm. well researched, well documented and well written. Yeah. It's a big difference from television. Totally and utterly. And I mean I think you are right that the future now is all of the streaming services for everything. Yeah. It is. It is. I think, um, you know, I've worked with many producers. I've, I've had the privilege of working with good ones and bad ones and some who actually took the time to listen to my input. Um, you know, I, I've had a good producer will say, look, I produce and I could say, well, I don't produce so that though so they actually want your input so, you know, they can put, put that into having a really good feature. And that's very few and far between. Most There's a lot yeah. of ego in, in the business of, of media, and um, especially with the producer, director, what they say goes. And I learned that early on because my daughter did a commercial when she was, I think, eight and would not do what the director and producer wanted her to do. And he kindly pulled her aside and said, you know, I think you're just adorable, but I'm the producer. I'm kind of the boss. And she said, I will not do that. And he said, he said, okay, you know what? You actually don't have to do that because she stood up to him at eight years old. But that's pretty much how it goes. However, I think with streaming now, you're getting a whole other genre, a whole other type of of production and you do have input into what what you want to see on there you know i've, I've done documentaries with you know aaron daniels who's just been like you know aaron daniels just uh anna's amazing i think he's amazing a director producer um and so much care went into what i thought and what the people he interviewed thought and it was an amazing documentary won awards uh, I can't wait to see when the next one comes he's, out because he's, he's just a good person now. Like Hamilton, yeah. you would love him. Mm-hmm. He's just salt of the earth and he wants to do mm-hmm. everything right. He's not, you know what I mean? It means a lot to him to tell the story in the right mm-hmm. manner. Absolutely. Give it respect. Yeah. He's a different, well, he's yeah. different that way. He's really That's uh, why successful. Yeah. yeah. Well, Henry Lincoln's son, Rupert. Rupert's interest has always been prehistoric stuff, um, Mm. stone circles and going back to the early points of history. Mm. Mm -hmm. And he's had his own theories, which, again, I don't know if they're right or wrong, but they're his own interpretations. And he's never been able to get a mainstream TV 
involved because he wants to do it his way because he believes what he's saying is totally correct. Mm. And him and his filming partner, they do their own documentaries and do proper programs like sort of an hour and a half half little miniature feature films. Mm -hmm. And they broadcast on this Patreon service, whatever that is. And he started explaining, yeah, it's it's the only way if you don't want to toe the line of what the television company, you simply cannot get anything made. I mean, they you just he had build it, your own it, membership that way. Yeah, your followers. Yeah, and I mean, I I don't think they make an enormous amount of money out of it, but I think it's their way of getting their own theories. And I mean, they it's filmed properly. They've got the right gear. They put their weight to go to the places when the weather's right so the light's right they do a very good job of it mm -hmm. but same old thing you know he wants to project i want to do prehistoric history properly and he was just hitting the same brick wall nope not allowed to say that can't do that got to toe this line it's, it's sad because it doesn't fall within the formula and television yeah. has a formula right. and that formula will stay the same for you know a yeah. handful of years and it will change yeah. and then everybody follows the formula yeah. um you know then you get a lot of remakes and then you get yeah. a lot of uh you know reruns and you know same show different you know, different things. Different piece of wood you dug two, up this three, week. Four, five. Yeah, mm. you know. I'm melting here. Yeah. Creativity yeah. is just sort of gone out the window. But mm. you know what? I think you've got so many things on the go. So what? What? I'm actually hold that thought, and uh, we're, we're going to do, do a, a full. Do, I think it's time for a full advert. We're I was going to say it. Yeah. Okay. 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 He's psychic now. He yeah. is psychic now. Just do it right here. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to do a quick, do you want to do a quick? My lighting is so bad. Forgive me. Do you want to do a quick um, shout out for the book, Michelle? Before I start. No, no, no. Don't forget the book. Get on with our friends at Forges in case uh, they're watching. They will. Don't worry. They are watching. We're four minutes ahead. We're okay. <laughs> yeah. No, no. We're good. We're actually. Going to do that, then we're Hamilton. I want you to think of something you would like to while Amelia's doing this that you would like to ask for. Oh, God, this, I forgot. You know, I so your people can that. get it. I'm and I'm going to put up oh, God, the sorry. email when Amelia is done. And okay. um, here we go. We're going to put this right over here. There we go. And um, yeah, put something together so people well, have a little bit of time. I completely right. forgot. I know you told me to something. I went straight out of my head. Let me look in the book see if anything leaps out at me. No F words. I'm going to start here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you give it some thought. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll hold this up and this at the same time. And we're going to go back to this. Mm -hmm. uh, and my. Okay, give me a minute. Give me a minute. That's okay, because I have to say this. So. You are listening to The Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Pisano coming to you live from the beautiful city of New Orleans on 105.3 and 107.7 FM radio, as well as live right now and archived on the Roku channel. Our guest tonight is our dearest friend from across the pond, Hamilton White, here discussing his book. And we're coming up with something special about this, Crusade Against the Grail 2 in the Footsteps of Otto Ron from Hamilton White and Richard Stanley. And don't go away because there's a giveaway. So you want to wait for that. If you're just tuning in and you've missed the show and you're thinking, ah, oh, geez, 
don't worry about it because you can stream our archives on any platform you normally use. Remember to click like and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And don't forget to share us with your family and friends. Always click like and share to the wonderful people at Folgers Coffee for your continued support in sponsoring our show. We deeply appreciate and we thank you so very much. We wouldn't be here without you. Our promo, our banner, all of our media. Thank you to Steve McGinnis, horror illustrator. He's a fantastic artist. Steve creates um, horror images, but he also does commission pieces as well. And you can find him on Facebook. Loving our intro? Well, so do we. And guess who's doing that one? Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon, Justin Snicker, award, award, pardon me, award-winning composer, vocalist, and musician. You can find his music on Amazon and Bandcamp. Stream on any platform that you normally use. And you can find Dr. Snick on Facebook and Instagram as well. And if you're on Instagram in my stories, I know that's a personal account that I have, but I am featuring him there right now. So if you're watching us on Facebook Live or YouTube, don't forget to give us a like, hit subscribe, and don't forget to share with your friends and family. So all right. Thank you, Folgers. Again, sorry for the lighting. Moved my office in a hurry. And that's why my blind poor little dog is walking around banging around everywhere. And there's <laughs> that's why you're hearing boom boom. And I'm I took put the mute button on because he keeps banging into poor everything. Guy. Yeah, <laughs> everything's moved. He's like, what's going on here? Yeah. So anyways, poor blind little guy. He keeps coming in and out. So, anyways, yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, our lords and masters at Folgers, have you had the discussion with them about doing a nice international broadcast next year? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Joe. Joe, we're going to France. Tell Folgers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. They do listen to the show. They good, it. good. They really yeah. well, I mean, I, I think you need the first sort of outside broadcast. You know, there's a, oh, God, I don't know. South of France or somewhere where you can do two nights where you can do a live broadcast, be it from a sort of up on Monsieur or a uh -huh. well, I don't know where. You know what I mean? I might have yeah. to pre-record. <laughs> you know, it's about time, you know, I don't think Folgers have got a market, have they, in France or some of these places. You can take some cans with them and do some samples for people. And, you know, it's not going to cost that much money to get it out there. It has to be something because they are from no, the No, it's a breeze out there. Yeah, exactly. it's not bad at all. I love it. But it's easy when you're already on that side of the world and it costs you like 100 bucks to fly from England to the south of France. I'd never be home. Well, that's all it cost me. I went from I went from Germany to England for like 90 bucks. I went from in an afternoon. Scotland. <laughs> yeah. I went from Scotland to the south of France for like 100. I'm like, yeah. I need to live out here. This you is amazing. From, <laughs> you go from southern Ontario to northern Ontario in 24 hours if you're lucky. That's just oh, one really, okay. oh, No, sorry. it's not that bad. <laughs> well, it's you know, bad. It's like you know, an hour, but 300 bucks. <laughs> no, I'm talking about from southern Ontario to northern Ontario is a good to day. To drive it. Yeah. Yeah. One yeah, side yeah, of you... Toronto to the other side of Toronto is six and a half hours. That's without traffic. <laughs> Can't be doing with that. No, no that's okay. that's yeah. where that's where we live. It's like huge mass. 
But no, I, I, you know, I think you pay a need to get out and about because you seem to have been locked in Canada for so long without being able to go do it something interesting. It would be cheaper for us to bring you over than us to go over there. <laughs> yeah, okay. well, yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate that, but that doesn't yeah. really help you being able to crawl over some interesting sites no. or go and do things that you can't do in Canada, really, does I, it? I love it down there. And and I know seeing it through your eyes and Richard's eyes would be a much different experience than what I experienced the first time. And Amelia's never experienced it, so that'd no. be perfect. So we can just tell her anything and she'll go for it. Oh, she's never been. Well, forget she's psychic. <laughs> yeah. She also reads body language, but hey. <laughs> Lying is not the thing you want to do to me, but let's go to this one. Yeah, excellent, excellent. You know, you could follow that book round. You could do a little live broadcast, two nights on the trot of like, oh, this is where we've been today. And go away, I look at this little cave and we went in the cave and we did all sorts of stuff. That would be so interesting. And it's something a bit different, you know. You That's should write that up since you're the writer and Joe will pitch it. <laughs> yeah, okay, not a problem with that. <laughs> I oh, want to come to promote it for you. Yeah, well, what about if, if Joe is dragged along as well? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, do, does do, does Joe do coming out to interesting places or I don't know. Do you have UFOs down there? Pretty sure you do. Boogarash. He'd love Boogarash because that's oh, where I all love, the UFOs lot. I've got kind of pictures of UFOs. Bart has sent me some from Boogarash and Monsignor of UFOs. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you could certainly get enough UFO and the sort of that little well, that's genre. What you, that's what it would take to get Joe and, down there. <laughs> oh, would it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That would work. I mean, genuinely. Well, he the... can do UFO undercover, and we can yeah. do ours. <laughs> yeah, you you can do sacred sites and and the other things. Are you going to catch up with Bart? Because he can do you know his show down there, becoming quantum conscious, and he's, he's done there. it from the south of France because he spends about six months there. He yeah, does them every week for Mary Magdalene. Yeah. Well, he you does know, I, real I, stuff. He does those tours, you know, the sacred caves and things like that. Well, exactly. You know, to to do a show from one of those places or a little collection of those places, you know, I just think that would be really cool. You'd get so much good reaction out of that. Oh, we would have so much fun. Exactly. We really would. We'd we have a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. you got to be careful so, what catches the film. You need to think of a question now, Hamilton, because I, we I need to give people a, time to think about it. The, the yeah. show... Email is right up on the screen. I'm really, I'm, honestly, I'm struggling at the moment. I, I know you told me yesterday to think of a question. I messaged you a page and find something that you can ask. That's, that's what well, I'm just trying. That's what I'm just right, trying. If nobody's to, read yeah. the book, you're going to have to yeah. ask, you're going to have to give something pretty generic. <sighs> just say something that you mentioned at the beginning of the show that people have been tuning in since the very beginning. Okay, all right. Okay, let let me mull that over. What else? It's, it's very to... early in the morning for Hamilton, guys. Be patient. But you guys yeah. are getting not just Crusade Against the Grail. You're actually getting Bugarash as well, or Monsignor. Sorry, and it would be, <laughs> be good. If, it's a two for one. Yeah, and it would be good oh. if you could pick it up because postage is so lucky. expensive. Honestly. Right. You right. get, and, uh, and, having posted books around the world over the last couple of months, I just can't <laughs> believe how much it costs to send a book to somebody. It's embarrassing, you know. Really is. I know how much it costs to send stuff to dang England to oh, yeah. you. Exactly to send a book to England. <laughs> yeah. you know? I know, it's ridiculous. Oh my god. So <laughs> you know. 
so yeah so so give us some thought because i'm giving i'm giving it some thought i don't the, mind the email, thought. you know you can ask something that you we've talked about on the show perhaps or okay so anybody who's tuning in has to go to the outer realm contact at gmail.com. So again, the outer realm contact at gmail.com. That's the first email that comes in is essentially that's the one we're going to grab. You have to have the right answer. You do. Yeah. You definitely have to have the right answer. Could we so, do it the could we do it the other way? Whereas I just sort of say, okay. The answer is 1927, and the point of it is somebody's actually got to come up with the question. As to, <laughs> Nobody's ever going to get that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Are you drinking? No, but will have you to try and figure that out. I'm on, I'm on energy drinks today. I'm going to keep myself awake. <laughs> okay. Ask a question that something that you felt wasn't covered in Series 2. Christ. Well, let's face it. Or, or I mean, most people are familiar with Lost Relics of the Knights Templar. So I you can ask tell. a question going, going back to, how about one of the artifacts? Okay. Well, I tell you what, no, let's, let's stick with Otto Ron. No, let's go with that. Because, I, I mean, I, it is relevant. Bear in mind, that's what the book's about. Okay. Who okay. Is? Well, let's, let's set it so as people have actually got to go and do a little bit of background research because I think, you know, with all of the things that you do, I think when you're actually sort of either presenting or you're putting something out there, you shouldn't necessarily just be, right, that's it, this is the stating of the fact, this is what you've all got to swallow. I think what's interesting is to get people actually, right, well, I've read what he said, I'm going to go and do a little bit of further research on that and do a bit of digging myself. So, somebody who can get themselves onto Google, what was the name of the town where Otto Realm was born? Oh, that's a perfect question, people. How about that? Okay. So let's put that in into the chat. Um, yeah, got him. Yeah, that's okay, easy. I'm going to go right good. here. Um, book. I mean, I'll have to go look it up because my Give brain, away. I know I should know the answer, but I what don't. was the name of yeah. the town that yeah. Otto Ron was born in? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, okay. Okay. Now, if you buy a copy of that... It All right, guys, there's a question posted for everybody. Book giveaway. Yeah. yeah. It actually tells you the name in the uh, first paragraph of it. So excellent book. I suggest you buy that. It will give you the answer. Then you can get a free book. How about that? Okay. And then and you yeah. can find the the information online very easily. You can. So. Yeah. It's okay. out there somewhere. Yeah, definitely okay. is. There you okay. go. Okay. And don't forget to email the answer. Have yeah. to email the answer. In chat. Yeah. <laughs> Can, can I stop thinking now? I'm yes, you can stop think thinking. Okay, so, thinking. so got, brain, yeah, so, yeah. yeah my, so, my brain stopped thinking in about August. In all the show Between <laughs> August and now, it's been on autopilot. I just kind of nod and either... Mine stopped a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, well, I'm going to put yeah. down... Um, book, give oh. away... Live show only. <laughs> okay. So then we're going to go with um, the outer realm contact. Are you entering the competition yourself? 
Yes. <laughs> you gonna send me another set? <laughs> oh my gosh! I just wanted to put the email in because okay, it's scrolling. Sorry. So I want to make sure people see it. But I wanted to clarify that it was for the live show only because right. those listening to archive may feel this is an ongoing thing. So it yeah, is for the no, live show only. By the right. time we listen, it'll already have been. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So, has anybody fired any questions off? Because normally in the chat, no, they've just been things. listening nothing, and they've been yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Wayne did right. make a okay, comment what? where he said some of the flowers that were carved in um, Ross and Chapel were roses from the New World. I didn't realize roses are just from the New World. Hamilton, is that a thing? From from what I gather, that there are some carvings within the chapel that supposedly are species of plant that weren't known in Europe at the time when the like chapel corn? was built. Yeah, I think there's corn and maize, which goes all over the top of one of the window arches. But the, the roses, I mean, what's considered New World? That I couldn't tell you. I, Roses, I don't know. I would have thought I, I have roses in a lot of my yeah. my medieval furniture. It's like they're also or they're, in could my... be poppies, but I think they're that was I mean, popular. We have from... roses in our family crest, and they're also in Pisa. They're carved on the pillars inside mm. Pisa and along the inside of the cathedral. On, yeah, so it would have to depend on yeah on the the year that that was all carved because Renla Chateau yeah. or I'm um, sorry, Rosslyn was was erected when 1500s 1400s i think they started the build of roslyn about 1446 1450 right. so and they would have been over templars would have yeah. been over and back by then but i i think the main um discussion is the corn and maize that goes round one window and i think there's possibly something like either a what they've interpreted to be either an aloe vera leaf or a cactus mm. leaf of some sort. And that's quite a big carving. I did have a look at that. And if it is one of those two plants, then they certainly weren't in Scotland or Europe at that date. And I mean, I think it's another thing that people like to argue about is that some people are absolutely fixated. That is the proof that they went to America. Look at those carvings. America? Uh, they could have got that from Spain. We have a winner, too, by the way. Oh, oh. do we? Oh, okay. Janie. So, 18th okay. of February, 1904, Michelstad, German Let's Empire. Let's have a look. Hang on a minute. Okay. Who is it? Who won? Janie. Jamie, oh, congratulations. She's always here. She's listening. Spot on, yeah, that's correct. Well done, Jamie. Well okay, Janie. Okay. Uh, please email you. me again with um with your, your address. Aww. I'm so happy for her. She's here every week. Uh, twice she? a week. That was good. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, it's nice to make one person happy per year. That's it. I've made one person happy. I'm you done now. You made me happy several times. Oh, is that? <laughs> you sent me all those pictures. That scarf troubles more than I do. <laughs> Look at it. How about that? There we go. It was it was well worth all the knots. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Okay, I, there I, there I, we what go. I do with. I'm gonna you know, go sure answer. When you're, doing, when you're doing scarves, right? Make it a fraction wider. 
give it a little bit more width because then you, you need can... more width. Yeah, I you don't even you... have cold there. Yeah, you, you do. You do have cold. Well, so you want it wider. I didn't even think you would wear it, to be honest. Yeah. Okay, I can make you well, a wider I, one. Well, I, I, I wasn't a scarf wearer. But, but now, actually, because bubbles you are. <laughs> well, it, I've never really worn a scarf, but actually now having a scarf and wearing a scarf when it's cold, you suddenly think, ah, scarves are good. They keep you warm. That's yes, a good idea. You yes, know. they do. Yeah. yeah, it's taken me a, very, a lot of There's... years to work that one out. They're a very good invention. They really are. Right? <laughs> Clever. I like, to, I like to make, um, for if it's a gift for a lady, I like to make it a little wider so they can put it on their head and wrap it around so they don't have to worry about wearing a hat. Ah, okay. So, yeah, well, no, more I'm like a pashmina. Sure. Yeah. I, having worn this for a bit, the, yeah. the sort of the general consensus is that works whatever the wool is, is this wool i mean i don't i don't even know if this yeah, is wool or it nylon would be, or it would be it a is. mix yeah okay very good for keeping warm but <laughs> ideally could do with being a little bit wider then you could it's, just like sort okay. of have it more as a bandage it's a softer so, it's okay. a softer yarn yeah <laughs> how wide is that one? Oh my god I one. Oh, uh, I, do you want it longer <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, because then you could wrap Never it around. I thought your I'd be having place. this conversation with him. It's that yeah. wide. That's great. It's, but like, it's about that big. I don't, I don't really Is that like eight inches? Hang on. I'll, let me tell. Wait a minute. Uh, it <laughs> it's is. okay. Let me know in, in chat. Don't worry. <laughs> well, actually, I, I, this is how you can gauge it. Look, if you have a look, it's fractionally <laughs> wider than a book. Is that same width as the Monsieur? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's about an inch yeah, wider than a book. Yeah, okay. that's how wide it is. So, there are, yeah, Maybe Hamilton would like one that he could put over his hat, too. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> be like a bandage. Yes, I know, yes. put it right over the hat. There we go. Well, I have, I love, I love white because my hair is black. And whenever <laughs> I wear it, I always get told by a certain someone that I look like I'm wearing bandages on my head. And I'm like, ah, no, okay. I'm not doing it because I love white hats. But okay. anyway. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that oh, was last, that was last year. I think I sent that to you last year. I think that's right because yeah. it went down to Monsegur when I went down with my yeah. pal with Gary. I mean, you know Gary, um, yeah. to pick up all the Henry stuff. And it was so, also yeah, that must have been about a year ago. That yeah. came in handy. Was <laughs> <laughs> it a bit nippy down there for sure? Yeah, I guess um, like doesn't doesn't time fly when you're not having fun? <laughs> <laughs> it really does. Oh my my my. <laughs> oh, All right, well, okay, well, we're slowly get slowly coming to towards the end of the show, top of the hour. So, what do you have coming up? What do you want people to know you're up to? For everybody, oh, and more God. books. More books. What am I up to? Uh well, th this whole thing that's just kicked off with the the university, I think, could be very interesting, and that's something I've never done before because I've never been able to access that type of personal, that sort of equipment. So that's going to be really interesting. Mm. Uh, other than that, I think I'm going to continue hiding under the bed until I've resolved <laughs> all of my problems, and I can actually then come out and explain what's been going on and exactly what's been thrown at me and I've been had to deal with. Because, you know, there are just some very, very unpleasant people out there who've got their own agendas. And, you know, if you find yourself on the end of it, it really isn't a barrel of fun. It really isn't, you know. But yeah. 
we're, we're getting there. It's just a very slow process, and it's why I've not been on the internet or Facebook or any of the other things. It was just a case of, right, I've just got to cut this, go underground and deal with these people. And, mm. um, yeah, slowly, slowly things are spinning around a little bit, and I'm getting to the bottom of exactly where all these problems are coming from. And, you know, it's it'll be very interesting when I can sit with a piece of paper and write it all down and just say, right, there you are, read that. That's why I had to vanish for a year, and nobody will believe it anyway. But it, it's, you know, <laughs> I you know. know, isn't that the craziest thing? <laughs> you know, when you get into these areas where, life. <laughs> you know, where people start talking about, well, the men in black, oh, don't be so ridiculous. Um, actually, you know what? When you've been on the end of it and you start following you your us Those out of place artifacts, we know they're there. Don't we can we? give yeah. you less and less about people who have, who have had about that on the show encounters before. with men in black. Yeah, yeah. he talked um, about it on the show before when you showed your out of place artifacts. Yeah, well, that wasn't me. That was the guy who actually fished them out of the Atlantic fifteen yeah. years ago. <laughs> you know, but it's like, mm, okay, they they do exist. And I know. Um, you know, know. they have their own ways of functioning, and it sort of seems to be right. They gauge what can we do to make your life a misery and cause a problem and they really genuinely do it really but no it's, right. it's going to be interesting because it's all going to be flipped around and i'm going to leave them scratching their heads with a bit of luck so right. it's just for the, for the moment i've just got to keep my head down keep working away and uh, yeah i think it's going to be next year before things are able to come around a little bit but uh, well, I'm still well, if the here. doesn't go too crazy, Hamilton. <laughs> Next year is only a few weeks away. I know. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> I, I'm I'm at the point, and it's all come together fairly. You know, really, only within the last couple of weeks that I've really got to the bottom of where some of these problems are coming from, and what I can now actually do about it. Now I know what I'm dealing with, mm -hmm. and it's right. Okay, all right. No, you've played your games, you've given it your best shot, and I'm still here. I haven't Checkmate. shut up, I haven't gone away. <laughs> right. You know, you have your intimidation efforts really don't um kind of bother me too much. Right, let's flip this round a bit and see how it works. So that that's where we are. And yeah, I I think twenty twenty four could be quite interesting actually. We've always got your back, Hamilton. That's cool. Yeah, that's you cool. know, and, and considering this is your life, yeah. we know it's going to be interesting <laughs> because it's yeah. always, it's yeah. like a movie, yeah. you know. I it's, mean. what What's annoying is you, uh, oh, I've had to spend an entire year wasting so much mental energy mm. that you yeah. could have been doing something useful and could have been trying to progress some projects but maybe this is part of the journey, though, is being a way to have yeah. clearer vision, yeah. clearer sight. It's perspective, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, the more people I've come across that have been in these sort of slightly odd positions, there's, it, it genuinely is a case where the powers that be simply don't want certain pieces of information coming out. 100%! Or, yeah, you know, right. or... Yes. Whether it's physical objects that they don't want to have to address or whether it's changing history because mm -hmm. dates and times and That's places have been changed. You you've know, got, you've talking, got a lot of people against you just on that one alone. Yeah, 
you know, yeah. I mean, I was talking to some people who work with, um, you know, a lot of these places that are being discovered in Turkey, the Gobekli Tepe things, that they're hitting the same brick wall, that very, very clearly there are places being found now that aren't little mud huts or stone buildings. These are proper constructed buildings that Mm. are... 10,000 years older than anybody has ever considered that people were able to build cities. Well, some of them are older than Gobekli Tepe, which is supposed to be the oldest. Yeah, and they're hitting the same brick wall that conventional archaeologists and conventional scientists are following the timeline that's always been there and that's it, that can't be changed. Mm. And it's blindingly obvious that it's wrong. You know, you look at how Graham Hancock has been slaughtered oh, in the press. I know. Absolutely I know. torn to pieces. Terrible. But nobody has actually been able to say, this is why Graham Hancock is wrong. All they want to do is brand him as a raving lunatic, a conspiracy theorist and a pseudoscientist. Mm-hmm. He's presented his evidence in a really good way. Yes. And it's properly researched. He describes it eloquently. He'll stand and talk with people. Mm-hmm. And he's just simply hitting the same wall. Nope, you are saying something that isn't what we want to be said. So, therefore, you're just going to be branded in the press and everywhere as the kind of weirdo freak. That's the way it goes. But you know yeah. what? He's 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 getting it out there. A lot yep. of conspiracy theorists out there right now are sitting there going... Who's a cons- who's a conspiracy theorist? That shit is real. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, yeah. hard to you say, know. hard to say. But I'm really glad that you stayed up and you joined us and and that you caught us up on everything. And it's been a while since you've been on, and we were really I, excited I, about having you on. Oh, what also, color? Not... What color for that scarf, darling? Before you go, <laughs> uh, color. Uh... You let me know in chat. Dark, dark, dark blue or black. Okay, that's yeah, easy. Black, I I'd love to. Can I read um, Wayne's comment? So beautiful. What does it say? Another author. Always a wonderful show. Anytime Hamilton is the guest. Thanks so much for coming on and sharing so much of yourself with all of us this evening. Oh, no worries. Not a problem. Not a problem at all. You know, I mean, I've not really spoken to anybody for about a year. I mean, I've been totally below the radar. I haven't been in touch with an awful lot of my friends. It was just a case of I've just got to disappear. This is so much problems. I, I've just got to totally go underground, which is very frustrating, you know. I'm so sorry. I'm yeah. so glad that you stayed in touch with us, though, because we adore you. We love you, oh. Hamilton, and your family. <laughs> I know. It's God, important oh, that we know you're alive, Hamilton. That's yeah, important. I'm alive. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely alive. But, no, if know, I, I don't hear from him for three days, I message him. Where are you? you panic. Where are you? Yeah, I do you panic. Know, Where are you? You know, it's the, you know, bear in mind I've been floating around in my own little world for a long time which is including you know what the the years where i was going over to eastern europe and you know on your own with a bag of cash and you was like oh i don't know is this a bit dodgy but no you i always felt it's okay this is all right it's not a problem i've weighed the risks up 
But this year, it really has been the first time where I've actually sat here and thought, am I going to end up in a ditch? This is going not in the direction, and I don't know where all of this flack is coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, is this going to get to the point where I simply vanish? You know, and it, I Really, for a while, I thought that was a realistic possibility mm-hmm. before I started to get a handle on what was actually going on. And it's, mm-hmm. You know, it really does put a different perspective on things, and you suddenly just sort of think, no, 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 we're not having this. This has got to be spun round, and mm, I ain't going to be hassled by these people. This just isn't me, you know, so. Mm-hmm. A lot of evil in the world, people oh, don't realise that. 100%, they don't. If you try to explain it to normal people, they just, you'd just be poo-pooed as it's a figment of your imagination. It really would. Mm, yeah. Mm. But, uh, no, I'm still here. I'm alive and kicking. Um I don't think Ready I've got any... well I, I've got a couple of things penciled into my diary between now and about the 15th of December so I've got to hang around until then but I've got nothing in the diary for next year yet so yeah, yeah. well we're looking forward to hearing all about that and when you have that event put together yeah. send it to us and we okay. will start advertising it on the show and, and make us Definitely. another Folgers commercial Minus all the other name brands. And the one thing that I want so badly is to meet you in person, of course. But I'd also like to do something fun with you, like maybe paint Paint, on a large canvas and just have some fun. Because whenever I'm down, Hamilton always says, do something creative and everything go away. And he's right. Yeah. So, well, our friends at Folgers, you know, we we, we keep promoting because I'm sure it's lovely coffee and it's absolutely brilliant coffee, you know. But if if they come back to you and turn around and say, no, 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 it's like, no, you you can't go on a jolly. Well, the next show, I I got this mug in um, a sort of nasty charity shop. That'll be the answer for you, Mr. Folgers. Any more of that? Oh, no. (laughs) no. Do you want us to carry on with this one? Honestly, we can. I love you. So you want to see some cooperation now? Come on, we can take your advertising to a new level. It's the And if they want to come, come hey, come with us. Yeah, yeah, bring, yeah, that's it. They're going back to their roots if they do that because they're originally from England. You get Mr. Folger or whoever's the CEO at the moment to come along and we take him on a great jolly. Yeah, it's a party well, now. Folger yeah. comes along. It's a party. It's a party. <laughs> yeah, that works. Exactly. And we know the coffee's good, so we're good. Exactly. I yeah, love it. You know, I, I think it's, I, we ought to do something. You know, next year, just the fun needs to be put back into life. I think yeah. everybody's been down and miserable and having their own problems mm-hmm. and I think for long enough great idea and i've yeah. said this to hamilton before we should do a little segment of tasting donald through europe because it is nothing like definitely. here yeah, it is definitely. nothing like here the food quality there is on a higher level yeah, oh, yeah there you go yes. Jeannie, who won is uh 48 scotland dna and 39 british and with so, that sorry said, i missed that what was that one again Janie, who won the book, yeah, she goes, I love you all. I'm 48% Scottish and D- a DNA and 39% British. Oh, okay. So that book all is right. perfect. 
What do Wayne say? I'll, I'll put on a soldier's T-shirt and pose as a CEO. <laughs> I bet everybody in the audience can do that. But Wayne would be uh, good, more intimidating because he's six foot four. So. <laughs> I, I love an optimist. Anybody who can come up with an idea like that deserves to be able to <laughs> it. Deserves to come along. If you've got yeah. the nerve to try and pull it, I wouldn't yeah. know who the hell a CEO was. He could introduce himself. I'd go with it. <laughs> I love it. There's some creativity. Oh, okay, well done, guys. Wayne. Hang Excellent tight. Wayne. I'm just great. signing off. Hang tight. Mm -hmm. So on. thanks to everybody for tuning in this evening. Um, big thank you to Hamilton White, who's flashing the wrong cup. Anyway, um, we are really grateful to the folks over at Folgers Coffee for sponsoring our show. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Big thank you to Dr. Snick, a.k.a. Justin Sick of the Sonic Surgeon, for his contribution and his sponsorship. Big thank you to Steve McGinnis for his artwork and his contribution. Thank you. Thank you. Tomorrow night, guys, is the return of Dr. Arlen Andrews Sr., who's going to be discussing his book see his book series, uh, The Shadowfall Chronicles of the Thaw Trilogy. That's the plan. So join us then. Until then, we'll see you tomorrow. Happy Thanksgiving, USA. And hopefully you'll be able to come and hang with us after that yummy thanksgiving meal you're going to have so think of us while you're doing that we've already had our thanksgiving so we'll we be thank with you, you for the well wishes all the same because they're all over our page <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right guys good night and hopefully we'll see you all tomorrow night night <laughs>